0: time, this doesn't look as attractive as it once did, because you're fixing your eyes on the things of the kingdom. I'm just talking about a thousand that have a vision for their heart, they've got passion for God, they're leading intercession on their schools, they're set apart, consecrated under God, and they've got a vision and a mission for their life. All right, so we're going to dig right in. we got some funny stories. We're going to have fun with this tonight. Let's go right into number one. Physical attraction is part of true love. All right? Physical attraction is part of true love, but it only plays a minor role. It's the central focus of infatuation. It's number one. These are like my 11, my 11 love points. All right? Everybody say, everybody say love again. Okay, are you with me? 11 love points. Physical attraction is part of true love, but it only plays a minor role. It's the central focus of infatuation. Before we get into that, I almost forgot. Sean? Sean? Are we gonna do a PowerPoint game? Let's put it up there. Let's put it up there. We gotta do this real quick. On your note, on your little sheets there that you got handed out, I want you to number one through ten real quick. Number one through ten. That's alright. Put it on the back of your 40 card. One through ten. We're gonna play a little PowerPoint game called gender roles. Everybody say gender roles? Alright kind of the guys versus girls here's how it goes I'm going to read you the directions I want you to work together to figure out these facts that are true it's either true for men or it's true for women so your answer is either going to be men or women for every answer one through ten we're going to guess right here let's go to number one whose heart beats faster write it down write it down Whose heart beats faster? Number two. Oh, wait, that's a sample. Women. All right, that's a sample. We're going to start in a minute. All right, how many of you got it right? Okay, good. All right, here we go. Number one. Number one. Who has the most valid credit cards on record? 1,196 different cards. A man or a woman? A man or a woman? Number two. Who is more worried about driving on deserted roads? Men or women? Men or women? Number three, in Saudi Arabia, who is required to give their spouse coffee or face divorce? It's a law. Number four, who are more likely to go to a psychiatrist men or women number 5 in 75% of american households who manages the money and who pays the bills men or women number 6 who blinks nearly twice as much as the other men or women Who blinks nearly twice as much? Number seven, who can read smaller print? Men or women? These aren't made up, these are true facts, these are true statements. Number eight, who invented bulletproof vests, fire escapes, windshield wipers, and laser printers? Was it a man or was it a woman? Number nine, who is the youngest person on record to receive a driver's license at the age of 14? Surely can't be a woman. (laughs) Let's go to number 10 quickly. 40% of all sport utility vehicle sales are to whom? Men or women? All right, you guys ready for the answers? here we go number one who is the most valid credit cards on record a man Walter Cavanaugh Mr. Plastic Fantastic how many of you got it right good alright number two who is more worried about driving on deserted roads women that's kind of an obvious one number three In Saudi Arabia, who is required to give their spouse coffee or face divorce? Men or women? Men. Men. Number four. Who are more likely to go to a psychiatrist? Men or women? Women are 37% more likely. Number five. In seventy-five percent of American households... Who manages the money and pays the bills? Women. All right, number five. uh, Up to five. How many of you have not missed one? Honestly, honestly. All right, Lindsay, put her hand down. All right, how many have not missed one? Good, there are about five of you. Okay, number six. Who blinks nearly twice as much as the other? Women. Number seven. Who can read smaller print? Men. Number eight. Who invented bulletproof vests, fire escapes, windshield wipers, and laser printers? Women! Ha ha ha. It's great. Who's the youngest person on record to receive a driver's license at age 14? A man. I figured. Number 10, 40% of all sport utility vehicle sales are to whom? Women. Women. How many of you got everyone right, honestly? One, two, three. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. Good job, guys. Everybody around, those people that have their hands raised, give them a pat on the back. Just pat them on the back and say, Good job, good job. You guessed well. You're not any wiser than me. You just guessed well. Just tell them. All right. All right, let's dig in. Number one, physical attraction is part of true love, but it only plays a minor role. It's a central focus of infatuation. We're all This is all about love versus infatuation. So if you're all about looks, if you're all about looks and how the person that you want to date or you're da- are dating, how they look then your relationship is based on infatuation. Now, guys tend to have a harder time with this than girls because guys are shallow. Let's just be honest. How many girls agree with me? All right, the majority. Guys are shallow. I'm not saying there shouldn't be attraction. I'm not saying there shouldn't be attraction but, uh, because there should. But that needs to be the least of your concerns. And most of us make it our primary concern. It needs to be the least of our concerns, but most people make it the primary concern. Now, girls are a lot better at looking at the whole picture and not just strictly looks. I mean, does he have a good personality? Is he caring, confident, selfless? Does he serve others? Is he encouraging? Guys, the first thing out of their mouths is, dude, she's hot. She's smoking. They're like, you know, that's what guys do. They just kind of fall apart into jello and stuff when... They think someone's attractive. So being attracted to somebody, listen to this very carefully. Being attracted to somebody doesn't mean you're in love with them. Being attracted to somebody does it beyond popular belief. It doesn't mean you're in love with them. It simply means they're attractive. Physical attraction may catch your attention at first, but it is not what love is built on. Infatuation, however makes physical attraction the sole test of love. The sole test of love. And it's not. Let's go to number two. Number two. A couple in love lives in reality. They openly face problems and try to solve them. Infatuated people live in fantasy land. They sweep problems under the rug and they try to pretend they don't exist. I forgot my little story. There's a story about... A couple girls, they were great friends, and she, uh, they kind of, one of the, one of the friends moved away, one of the girls moved away, kind of moved across town, they didn't see each other anymore, they didn't go to the same school, but one day they bumped into each other in the mall, and they, when they saw each other, you know, they had the little girls squeal, and they ran, and they, they hugged each other, you guys know what I'm talking about? All right. They hugged each other, you know, and all the other stuff, and they kind of reunited. and she noticed that this girl was with this guy. And she started. I say, and, and she's like, "Man, are, do you have a boyfriend now?" And we're like, "Yeah, I got a boyfriend. He's really great. He's all this." And and, and she started asking him some Start asking her some questions about him. She's like, "Yeah, he's really great. You know, I'm only 17, but he's 24. And and he's really, and, you know, he's he's going back to school now to get his GED. And I'm really proud of him. And and uh, and and oh yeah, he's got a kid. And and but it doesn't matter because we're in love." ridiculous ridiculous you know that's kind of an extreme story but I'm telling you that stuff happens it happens in real life if you're letting if you're in a relationship and you're letting every warning sign smack you in the face and you still keep going on in the relationship you are not in love you are just infatuated Infatuated. Love doesn't mean you shut your brain down and ignore all the problems and all the warning signs. Love simply faces challenges together, seeking wisdom and strength from God. That girl was not being very wise. It was a dumb place to be. We have to use common sense. Let's go to number three. Number three, love understands that giving someone space is a good thing. Infatuation imagines that love means intense closeness, 24-7. You guys know the couples I'm talking about. Intense closeness, 24-7. Now, if you're in a situation that allows for you to be away from each other, or away from the one that you care about for a period of time, that's not necessarily a bad thing. That can be a good thing. You can learn a lot about your relationship when you're apart. But if you and your special someone have to call each other five or six or seven or eight times a day and you have to see each other every day, it's like you're just not complete. Without seeing them every day, your relationship is not based on love. It is totally based on infatuation. If you both don't have separate lives, even when you're dating, then you really don't have a life. At all. And the life you do have is wrapped up in somebody instead of being wrapped up in God. Instead of being wrapped up in his desires for you, his plans for you, it's wrapped up in a person. So if you feel like you can't live without the one you're dating or you can't even think of losing them, you are so, everybody say so, so infatuated, not love. And you have an unhealthy relationship. Let me give you a couple signs of unhealthy relationships. how, unha- unha- blah, 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 An unhealthy relationship means intense closeness 24-7. Meaning they always want to be with each other. They're not, eh, eh, or they want to be talking with that other person. We're going to talk about it a little later. But man, it's like they totally give up friendships. They give up everything just for this boyfriend or this girlfriend. Intense closeness, unhealthy relationship. I've seen it over and over and over again. Always having to be touching each other, holding hands, arms around each other, hands on knees, kissing each other, like those guys in the back. You know, it's just, I'm just kidding. There wasn't anybody back there doing that. Everybody <laughs> turned and looked. That was funny. All right? You, you don't always have to be touching each other. If you are, your relationship's based on infatuation, not love. If you're daydreaming about the other person, if you're putting responsibilities you have as second priority to this person, then it's an unhealthy relationship. In high school, if the relationship starts fast, it's not gonna last. If your friends are first, you just have a good chance. But probably it won't last either. But at least your friend's a person, it's gonna be healthy. Okay? You thought I was gonna rhyme, didn't you? I was gonna start rhyming up here. Okay. Let's move on. Number four. Number four. A couple in love usually expresses physical affection later in a relationship. An infatuation, affection is expressed earlier, sometimes in the very beginning. Maybe the first date, you're starting to hold hands already. Maybe you hug. Maybe you even kiss. I don't recommend that, but maybe you even kiss. But without genuine love to back it up, affection ignites and consumes a relationship quickly. All of a sudden, the relationship becomes about the affection and about the physical instead about love, instead about selflessness, instead about serving the other person. When affection for someone grows out of a deep understanding and growing friendship, it gains meaning and it gains value. This takes place, don't miss this, this takes place in a courting relationship, not in a dating relationship. There's a big difference here. A relationship means you're older, you're more mature, and this is the person that there's a very, very good chance that you're going to marry. You've talked about it. You've, you're thinking about it. It's, actually, you're not, it's not that you're talking about it at 17, and it's not a reality. You're talking about it, you're older, and it's possible to happen within the next year. An according relationship, that's when affection, that's when affection Can be displayed. Okay. I didn't say the physical. I said affection. Big difference there. So. So here's. Here's how it kind of takes place. Holly will you come up here. Come on. This is kind of how it takes place. Here sit right here. Sit right here. So. So. I know how these high school relationships work. I had a lot of them. So. Affection. This should not be taking place, but it usually starts with like, oh, let me give you a back rub. we watch this movie. And the girl thinks you're being sweet, but guys are thinking, oh, I'm just so glad to be massaging her shoulders, close to her. I got other things running through my mind. I'm just being real with you. All right, that's how it starts. Or... Or it'll kind of be like a little flirty thing. You start, tickle fight, tickle fight, tickle fight. (laughs) You know, and then you you kind of roll around and you're tickling and you're resting and you kind of end up like planking on each other. (laughs) You know, stuff like that happens. I can't remember my last one. Hold on. (laughs) Or, or it's like, you can go sit down, babe, thanks. Or, or it's, it's like a nap time. Maybe you guys are tired. It's in the afternoon. Maybe no one's home. Hey, that's just laying the sofa together and take a nap together. You know, that's how, that's how some of that stuff starts. That's unhealthy. That's opening the door to all kinds of bad stuff. Don't go there. Don't go there. It's like a, it's like a mountain slope covered in vanilla pudding. And you're on it. You are never going to climb up. You are only going down. And the only way to stop, and let me tell you, once you start, once you start with the extra affection, once you start and get into the physical, the only way to stop is for God to pick you up, remove you from that relationship. I promise you, the only way to stop is for you to break up and you to get your life and your spiritual life on track. It's the only way. All right, let's go to number five. Number five, love tends to endure... Infatuation may change suddenly and unpredictably. I see this a ton in high school relationships. Real love is stable, guys. Real love is stable. Real love is consistent. And the best way to test stability in a new relationship comes from knowing the person in the context of his or her relationships, her other relationships. Like, how does she relate to her parents or he relate to his parents? How are her relationships with their friends and their siblings? What's the track record like? That's how I know if this person is stable. If this person really has the capacity to love. If their other relationships are stable. Is there a pattern that sets off any warning signals? You know, I just had a, I had a, I had a former student call me last night about 10 o'clock. He's 28 now. He was in my very first youth ministry. He called me and he's dating a girl in Baltimore. He lives in Ohio. And he's like, hey, do you know I was dating a girl in Baltimore? I said, no, I didn't know that. And he said, well, I said, well, how's that going? He's like, well, she's flying in here in a couple weeks, but I think I'm going to break up with her when she comes. I'm like, what? I said, do not make that poor girl fly to see you and break up with her while you're hurt. While she's there. You call her on the phone and break up with her first. And he's like, well, I... I wanted to kind of see how it went one more time and just see if I'm being irrational. I said, well, tell me, tell me what, what's going on? Like what, I mean, do you like her? Do you love her? Do you have fun with her? I mean, what's the deal? And he's like, well, and he began to list some of these things that he was unhappy with, not in like he was judging her in any way, but in like there were just some things in her past. There were some things of, of how she grew up and different things that he just really saw come out. They were like red flags. They would have been red flags to me. I'm like, bro, if you're seeing all these red flags, why are you continuing in this relationship? I said, break up with her. So we had a, we had a great conver, conversation about, about some of that stuff, but a lot of it had to do with her and some of the other relationships she had. And how she interacted in those relationships. Warning signs. Warning signs. So real love is not moody. Real love is consistent. In, if, uh, in real love, feelings don't change because love is a choice. How many of you knew that? How many of you thought love was a feeling? Love is not a feeling. Love is a choice. When you start dating someone, you're going to get those little butterflies in the beginning. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be fun. But those butterflies aren't going to last forever. Maybe a week. That's the way it is. Let me put put it to you this way. When I chose to marry Holly and we said our vows and we had our wedding day, I was choosing to love her. Does that mean that every day of our lives, when I wake up beside her, I'm going to have these overwhelming feelings of love for her? No. There will be days... There will be days when you wake up, you will not have the feelings of love. You will not have the butterflies. You will not have these intense feelings towards that other person. You know, you know what love is? It's a choice. It's a commitment. And when those days come, you wake up, you say, man, I choose. I chose her. I choose to love her and her alone. Love is not a feeling because feelings are all over the place. One day you feel this way, the other day you feel this way. That's one of the big problems with your generation. You believe however you feel is the truth. So if you're feeling this way one day, it's the truth. But the next day you might be feeling this way, and this is the truth. You flip flop. It's like being a Christian one day and atheist the next day. Back to a Christian. And by the way, I've seen that happen to people. It's based on feelings, but not on the truth. It's not based on love because love's a choice. Love's a commitment. Not a feeling. Do we understand that? Does that make sense? Doesn't mean I don't love my wife. I love my wife. She is awesome. She's awesome. I got, I mean, i married up. I got got an awesome, awesome wife. But you won't always have those feelings of love. But you always have your commitment. You always have your loyalty. You always have your choice to choose. Let's go to number six. Number six, love takes time to grow. Love takes time to grow. Infatuation explodes in an instant. Love takes time to grow. Infatuation explodes in an instant. Truthfully, I think someone should just delete the words falling in love from our vocabulary. There is no such thing as falling in love. You fall into infatuation. You fall into lust. But you grow into love. Love develops out of a relationship and a caring and core personal relationship. Character traits. Not our first impression of another person. You know the whole statement, love at first sight? It's a lie. It's a lie. Infatuation at first sight, that's pretty real. That's pretty true. But love at first sight, that's a lie because love takes time. You grow into love. It doesn't happen like that. You are very wise not to declare love to another person. Until a significant amount of time has passed, if a girl or a guy tells you they love you right away, they're lying. They're lying. I mean, I mean, guys, if a girl if a girl tells you that she loves you, you say no, you don't. I saw that poster of Justin Bieber in your locker. I mean, no, you just tell them flat out, you do not love me, girls. If a guy tells you that they love you, you look at him straight in the eye and you say, No, you don't. You just think I'm hot. That's what you do. Because that's all it is. That's all it is. It is not love. Love takes a lot of time. You grow into love. Number seven. Number seven. Love grows out of knowing all you can about the other person, good or bad. Love grows out of knowing all that you can about the other person good or bad. Infatuation, guys, is happy to know very little about someone. When you're infatuated with someone, you don't really want to know about them. You want to continue to live in this make-believe world where the object of your affection, that person is perfect, flawless, and completely devoted to you. That's infatuation. It's the attitude that says, man, I really don't want to know you, the person. I don't want to know your heart. I don't want to know your passions, your likes, your dislikes, your dreams. I really don't care. I'm only interested in how you make me feel. I'm not interested in you as a person. True love longs to know all about someone, the good, the bad, and the ugly. But that's love because you love the person. You're committing to the person. Bad, good, and ugly. Not stupid, just good, bad, and ugly. Number eight. True love focuses on the other person. Infatuation is self-centered. True love focuses on the other person. Infatuation is self-centered. Love is always selfless. Everybody say selfless. Selfless. Love is always selfless. Infatuation is always selfish. Selfish. Infatuation in a relationship, if the relationship seems to be all about one person, it's infatuation. Because it's birthed out of selfishness. This includes any relationship. It doesn't have to be a dating relationship, friendship, relationship with anybody. Infatuation is always selfish. Throughout the infatuation part of your friendships, you have to ask yourselves this question. Are you selfless with your friends? Do you serve them? Do you minister to them? Do you encourage them? Do you support them? That's part of love. Love is selfless. If there's any selfishness going on, it's pride, arrogance, or infatuation. Plain and simple. Number nine an infatuated individual may be in love with two or more people at the same time. An infatuated individual may be in love with two or more people at the same time. I use the word love lightly. Listen to you. Listen, if you're you're a guy in a relationship, and you're looking at every third girl that walks past you in the hallway, you're like, ooh, I wonder what it's like to date her. Ooh. I wonder what it would be like to date her. I want to date her. That is total infatuation. And if you're dating someone else, there is no love whatsoever in that relationship. It's infatuation. It's not love at all. And you shouldn't be dating. Okay, if you're a girl, if you're a girl in a relationship, and you start comparing characteristics of your boyfriend with other guy friends or other past relationships, you're not in love. It's infatuation. Because love is Selfless. Love is always about that other person. Infatuation is always about you. Number 10. Someone who's infatuated loses his uh, his or her ambition and interest in everyday things and daydreams of the unrealistic unrealistic ideals that won't ever really happen. A person in love works hard to better him or herself for the other person's benefit. So have you ever been around someone who's terminally, terminally infatuated? Like the things they used to be involved in. Youth group, clubs, sports, other friendships. They seem to have been affected by this new love of their life. How many of you have had a friend like that? Your best friends hung out all the time, and all of a sudden that person got a boyfriend, a girlfriend, and all of a sudden they're gone. They're like absent from your life. And they're all in to this other person. That's total infatuation. If you're in a relationship and the other person is so glassy-eyed all the time that he or she can't get anything done, suspect infatuation. Infatuation feeds off the relationship. Love builds into the relationship. Infatuation feeds off of it, takes away from it. Love builds into it. I've seen young ladies and young, young men give up very, very close relationships with others for controlling girlfriends and boyfriends. I've seen them give up college scholarships. I've seen them give up future plans just to try to hold on to the unhealthy relationship that they were in. It blows my mind what young people are willing to give up in the name of fake love. It blows my mind. Don't buy into the lie of the Supremes. In the of you Let's sing it together. Don't think it over It's a lie Don't stop in the name of love Don't think it over Run Boot them and run That's what you do Let's go to number 11 Genuine love creates a sense of security And feelings of trust Genuine love creates a sense of security And feelings of trust An infatuated person often I want you guys to catch this often feels jealous because he or she doesn't trust the other person. Security flows out of a deep awareness of the other person's character, their values, and their track record. You know who they really are. And when you know who they really are, you can trust them. Jealousy is a sign of a lack of trust. And a lack of trust is a sign of infatuation. You know, it was so funny when I was in... Uh, when I was uh, my first job, I met Holly. I met her in Mexico, and we started dating. And she was, uh, uh, she was a junior in college, and she was uh, at Southern Nazarene University. And we just began to talk, and you know, we didn't rush into it. I mean, we only saw each other eight times before we got married. But it was over the course of a year. We didn't rush into anything right away. And we just started talking on the phone, getting to know each other. I flew her up so we could just spend a week together, kind of see how things went. Anyway, during like that first three months, she, she would have other guys that, I mean, they were in hot pursuit of her. And, and I really wasn't worried about it at all. I, I knew I had her. It, was, it wasn't a big deal. But I, they were in hot pursuit of her. And she'd be like, I don't know if she did it to see, you know, if I'd get jealous or, or whatever. She'd be like, so I, what was that guy's name, Barry? That always, was he the one that brought you roses and candy and flowers? and Anyway, there was a couple. But I just remember this guy, Barry. I don't know if he's a soccer player or whatever. Anyway, and she'd be like, Barry asked me out tonight and I don't know what to do, if I should go out with him or not. No, because we weren't serious. We weren't like in this exclusive dating relationship. We were, you know, just, we were dating. We were talking. We were, I'm like, oh, you should go out with him. Go, have fun. Go out with him. And man, it used to tick her off. She'd get so angry. You know, I think she went like a couple times, but then she just, said no because she saw the light but you know it was it was it was you know what I trusted I trusted her I trusted her I trusted in God's plan I trusted in the in the feelings and the and and what I was starting to gain from speaking to her and I trusted in what God was at work and I trusted what God was doing in her heart and her life so I was just like God it's up to you man if this is the girl you want for me then Make it work out. <laughs> you know? And uh, and he did. And it wasn't a big deal. I never once got jealous. I never once stopped her from going out with anybody if she wanted to go out with anybody. Um, it was good. It was healthy, I thought. It was healthy. So in your relationship, where uh, if you're in a relationship where there's a lot of jealousy going on, how many of you have been in those relationships where you're dating someone and they get so angry and they get so jealous of you if you're... If you're dating or if you even talk to another guy or if you are hanging out with your friends even, I mean it's just like that, that jealousy all the time and it's pretty much like they want to control you and they only want you to spend time with them and if you're not with them, they want you to be sitting at home alone in your room thinking about them. Seriously. It happens all the time. It's called jealousy. You'd get an earful if you even talk to another guy or another girl. If you're in a relationship that's defined by jealousy, man, get out. It's not love. It is infatuation. 99% of the time, you've crossed the physical biblical boundaries that God has set. I can tell if you're being physical in a relationship in the first 30 seconds I meet with you. If I'm with you, I can tell without even talking to you. I can tell how you are around each other. I can tell in 30 seconds if you've been too physical, if you've gone too far, if your relationship is more based on the physical than anything else. I can tell. I've been doing this a long time. It's not hard. And when I see jealousy in relationships, I know right away, I confront them. I say, listen, you guys have been physical. You need to break up. You need to get out of this. You need to move on. Just blunt. Just blunt with them. Someone's got to tell them the truth. Someone's got to be honest with you guys and straightforward with you. I mean, if, if, if we don't do that as leaders and as pastors, I mean, we're not, we're not ever going to beat around the bush with you. We're going to tell you straight facts. This is the way it is. Here's what you should do. Get out. Don't let jealousy be a part of anything that you are involved in. All right, so let's begin to wrap it up. We know that infatuation is always based on rapidly changing feelings so here's the question young people who date have failed to ask themselves what happens when we break up what happens when we break up 99.9 percent of all high school relationships will end in breaking up believe it don't think to yourself oh but pastor john my relationship's different my relationship is awesome. My relationship, I'm going to get, marry him. I know I'm only 16, 17, but I'm going to marry that man. Oh, jeez. You're right. You're right. And either one of you, the guy or the girl, is going to be in my office bawling and crying and hurt and broken, and I'm going to have to help counsel you through it. I won't laugh in your face, but inside I'm going to be laughing. I won't laugh in your face. I will counsel you. I will help you. of high school relationships don't last. Don't get your hopes up. Don't get your hopes up. All right, so what happens when you break up? If you build your relationship the right way, even high school relationships, if you build the right way, not crossing the physical boundaries, and you have a solid friendship, not just a dating relationship, but a solid friendship, it may hurt a little. It may sting. You may be sad it didn't work out. But it won't even come close to devastating you. And that's the key. Don't buy in and sell your life away for a relationship. I said it last week. You are not mature enough at this age. I wasn't either in high school. I'm admitting it. You are not mature enough at this age to date two people. God has asked you to date him. To to press into him. To pursue him. And when you add another relationship into that mix, it's the relationship with God that suffers. Date God. I know some of you are going to ignore that advice. And that's okay. I'm not against high school relationships. I just really, really, really prefer that you don't enter into one. (laughs) Because I've never seen it work well. In fact, in 13 years of youth ministry, I've seen one relationship that started in high school. Actually, she was a senior. It was, he was one year out. I've seen one relationship, work to marriage. One. In all my years of youth pastoring. So let's just be smart. That's date God. Ephesians chapter five, verse two, says walk in love not feelings. Follow your heart. You ever hear that phrase? Follow your heart? That's dumb. It is dumb. Do not follow your heart. Your heart is based on feelings. Don't follow your heart. Follow what you know is right and true from God's Word. Follow His plans for you. Follow His desires for you. Follow His calling upon your life. Don't allow your heart to be the primary guide of your choices. Your heart is based on feelings. Your heart will lie to you because your emotions are based on feelings, and feelings are fluid, they're constantly changing. Let God's Word, let the truth be your guide. Shoot, let some common sense be your guide. Let common sense be your guide over your heart. I mean, how many of you think God is dumb? Nobody, right? Because God's smart. You know what? God gifted you with common sense. Use it. Use your common sense. We're dumb if we don't use it. Watch for the warning signs. Put your boundaries in place. Do what you need to do. Date God. Use common sense. Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 says, True love is based on heart, feeling, sex, and infatuation. No. You're right. True love is based on joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Don't date two people. Just date God. Just date God. And you know what? If you enter into a high school relationship, if, if you're going to enter into a relationship, you know what I want you to do? I want you to tell me. I'm not going to try to deter you. I want to give you advice. I want to give you wisdom. I want to walk with you so that it doesn't end in disaster. Tell me. I'll sit down with you and whoever you're dating and man, we'll line up, we'll set up boundaries. I would love to do that with you. We'll set boundaries. We'll set guidelines. We'll, we'll make the, the, the to-do list, the not to-do list, the not to-be place list. We'll make everything. We'll make 42 lists if we need to. But we'll set the boundaries. I will help you, okay? My preference is that you date God. But if you're going to enter, enter one. Let's be honest. Let's be open. Let me help you. Let one of the staff help you to make sure it's a healthy relationship and not one based on the physical, not one based on infatuation, not one based on jealousy, any of that stuff. Okay? You with me? All right. What are you going to do right after the service? (laughs) Seniors are going to come up here. The rest of you are going to fill out your 40-day commitment fasting cards. You're going to turn them into the tables beside... Listen, don't just turn them in to get the free bracelet. I want you to commit to this. This is serious. This is important. Real quick, we're going to end. This is serious, though. I want you to, I want you to, I want you to focus on me real quick. Two more minutes. There's going to be eight to 10,000 students from across the nation here in the next couple months. We have an incredible opportunity to set an example, to minister to them, to pray the power and movement of God into those conferences. And listen, we're working on a plan, and we're developing a plan now. I worked a lot with frontline students this past week. We're developing a plan that all of you going to conference, man, we want to be, be unified. We want to be together. We want to we create unity. We want to create ownership in our youth ministry, ownership in these conferences, ownership in our church. We're going to do some stuff together. Like we're going to open up the doors early to every session. And we're going to meet as DSM students. We're going to all go through the back door. We're going to be in the sanctuary. We're going to be praying. We're going to be praying on the platform. We're going to be walking through the chairs. We're going to be praying over the seats. We're going to do that before every session. We're going to get together. We're going to hang. We're going to have lunch together. A couple of those days. A lunch or a dinner or one of each. Or We're, we're going ha- to have a couple of rooms set aside just for us. Just to, just to, just to hang together. I mean, you know, other youth groups, and I've been a part of the other youth groups for several years that are coming. It's such an incredible building time for us because we're together 24-7. We're together and we're, 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 just, we're just growing in the Lord together. We're spending tons of time together. I want that for DSM. I want that for us. So my primary focus, my number one focus during conferences is you guys. My number one focus is to hang with you to do things with you. And I'll have a whole schedule. And, and I mean, it's, I'm not going to make it mandatory for you, but man, I want us to be together as a youth group, as a youth ministry. Just like all the other youth groups that are coming are going to be together, I want us to be together. We're also going to do stuff like probably send each other out by twos, just to meet and, and introduce ourselves to other youth groups and other youth pastors and other students to build relationships and friendships. I want you guys on the front lines. I want you guys at the front because you guys are the ones that are going to set the example. They're going to see you and the way that you pray and the way that you worship. And they're going to be like, oh, man, our youth group doesn't have that. I want our youth group to start. I want that in our youth group. And it's going to build a a passion and a fire in them to see God do something great in their youth ministry in their city. I want you guys on the front lines. So we're going to do this together. We're going to do that. We're going to come together and eat. We're going to pray together. We're going to take a couple blocks in the prayer room and, and do that. And we're, we're going to sit together. Just like every other, year, we're going to sit together. DSM is going to sit together. We're going we're to worship together. We're going to lead that sucker. We're going to lead conference. We're going to lead this generation because I told you in January, when we did the crash series, I told you, you will set the bar for a nation. I believe God has given you that charge. I believe it with all of my heart. You will set the bar. So we're going to start setting it. We're going to lead. We're going to be the leaders that God has called us to be. We're going to lead our generation. Amen? Amen. Amen? Amen. All right, let's pray and then you'll be dismissed. Heavenly Father, I thank you that I didn't preach too long tonight. I praise your name. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that we can just talk openly and honestly about relationships. We can talk about dating. We can talk about love. God, I pray in our next week as we talk about sex, that God, man, it'll just really sink in of your plans for us, not the world's plans. Not what the world says is cool, not what the world is doing, but God, what you say is cool. God, what you're doing. So Father, I just pray your blessing upon these young men and young women. God, I thank you for them. I thank you for what you're doing in DSM. I thank you for the movement that that is happening by your hand, and by your command. God, I just pray, Father, that in these next few weeks and months, God, that we would just rally together as a youth ministry. God, I pray that our youth ministry explodes. I pray, God, that we begin to double and triple, not to have numbers, God, but because we're reaching the lost. We're seeing people set free. We're seeing people come into the kingdom, God. God, I'm praying that, man, we as a youth ministry, that we mobilize, that, God, we put the armor of the Lord on, That we go out there, we go after it. We take back the territory that's been stolen from us. We take back our friends' lives that have been deceived by the enemy and captured by the enemy. God, give us the strength. Anoint us, Father, for this purpose. Anoint us for this time. Anoint us to set the bar for a generation. It's our desire, God. It's your desire. God, we want to bring you honor and we want to bring you glory in our lives, in our relationships, in everything that we do. So, Father, we lift you up. We praise you tonight. In Jesus' name. And over time, this doesn't look as attractive as it once did because you're fixing your eyes on the things of the kingdom. I'm just talking about a thousand that have a vision for their heart. They've got passion for God. They're leading intercession on their schools. They're set apart, consecrated under God. And they've got a vision and a mission for their life.